Yes, it's me. Focus. Yes, it's me, Abdu. Talk random, talk random, and I'm joined by the other half of Talk Random. What are you saying? <laughs> yes, it's me, John Bashi. How are you, Abs? Oh my days. I'm all right, thank you. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Just a long, um, boring re- week, really. Not really done much. Have you been up to much? No, I've, obviously I've been, you know, I've been working hard, key work and all that. And yeah, yeah. I've just been constantly working, constantly working on the assignments. So it's been a hectic week for myself, actually. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I've got loads on, and I can't. can't yeah, we- at one. Yeah. We had an assignment due on uh, on Monday. It was like a, it was basically like a verbal exam, really, which was really um, daunting. Um, just had to get like questions fired about a poster, basically. So I had to like prep through that over the weekend. Was it but individually now that's sorted. Or group? Nah, nah. It was a group of of three people, but like he individually asked questions to the people. So he asked me one question, and I just didn't have a clue what he was on about, and I just went, "I don't know, Jeff." Basically. <laughs> And um, but I I think I managed to kind of um, scrape it back in the later questions. Moving on, we had an assignment like last week as well, or the week before. But it's been bloody hectic. Like literally, we got a new proposal. I'm panicking. I'm having palpitations. There's a lot. Next week's the final week in it of the module, and then yeah, and then it's TTC in it. Yes, with the lovely Lynn. I love her. She's great. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so we've got two guests on this week. Yes, exclusive um, two guests. Yeah, two guests from, from uni, from UA92. Yeah. And it's the first time we've ever had two at the same time. So we might God. be speaking over each other a little bit because it's it's quite tricky over Anchor, isn't it? But, yeah, uh, welcome, Bobby, and welcome, Regan. How are you both? Hi, boys. How are we doing? I'm all right. How are you? You all right, Regan? As good as can be. As good as can be. You all right, Bobby? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you too? I'm all right. Thanks. You are good. Pleasure to have you on here. And the good thing about the used two guys is Bobby's on my course, and Regan is doing a course with John Bashi. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've actually wanted Regan to come on for, for quite a while because of I think he's quite an interesting guy. And uh, yeah, it's good to have him on. No, I I agree. I agree. Yeah, I can live up to expectations, John. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll have to uh, wait and see to see how interesting you are. And I wanted Bobby on for quite some time as well. And so did you, John. Saying, "Oh, Bobby would be good too. Bobby would be good too," because Bobby's got a lot going on at the moment as well. She's grafting. She's doing loads. She's just both of you. Yeah, definitely. Um, you see can... on Twitter quite a lot of um, of social activity. So I thought she'd have uh, quite a bit to talk about on here, maybe. So um, yeah, I'm quite glad that she's agreed to come on as well yeah I'm, I'm excited to be on it go on Ab sorry thank you <laughs> basically Bobby liked last week's podcast with Henry and she thought it was really really good how we've made um, what did you say Bobby last night you made, how we made friends through that bus stop yeah I just thought it was such a typical Ab thing to do to I mean, I'd be a bit scared if, if you asked me to get in a taxi with some strangers, but, uh, you know, it seems to work out with him. I don't know what it is. I just think, I don't know what it is. My brain does have to do it. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, if I met you at a, a flipping, like, taxi rank or something, I'd just think you're an absolute lunatic and... <laughs> I wouldn't want I wouldn't want like my ear to be chewed off for the whole journey to be honest. I probably would have rather walked. I'm not oh, you need to. I would I would I would have <laughs> let you walk. Now this guy's a wannabe Ronaldo or a Messi. A wannabe Ronaldo. I can't be having him in my car. He's non compass mentis. Oh, love it. Moving on. Yeah. As I said, what lovely to have you guys here. How's your week been, both of you? Busy, like you said, Abs. You know, it's that um, assignment at uni is a bit mad, but um, it's like being able to do everything in the time that we've got, it's, and especially because we're all at home, it's just so much more difficult. That's true. Well, what are you, Regan? Yeah, much the same as John. Had the had the grilling on Monday for the uh, kind of second part of the first assessment, um, and then just been in class obviously for the for the rest of the week and evenings, afternoons, just being quiet, just uh, just getting on with work. That's how it is at the moment. Yeah, that's the thing. Like good stuff. It's just hectic, 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 hectic. Around that time where it's deadline day, a lot's going on. I'm having palpitation, a lot. What? <laughs> No, yeah, so we, we're all doing assessments, aren't we? It's just being in second year now because obviously first year, um, the, the grades the, the grades that you get kind of don't depend on your actual final outcome of the degree, do you? So although you want to do a good piece of work in first year and stuff like that, it's kind of like you only get one shot at making your work as good as possible. So obviously having to put enough time and effort into it is um, a bit stressful. But I just thought we'd move on to like the first first topic of conversation obviously it's quite obvious and obvious? um you know <laughs> yeah and um we um i think bobby you're a student ambassador as well aren't you or yeah are you not? 
Yeah, I am, yeah. 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 So, like, all four of us are student oh, ambassadors. Yeah, so, a lot of the time when you're doing student ambassador work, they always ask you around UA92. And you might be a bit bored of kind of talking about it or having to put on, like, um, you know, a promo voice and, and, and describe it. But I just basically wanted to ask, you know, as, as like, a friend and, and, a, and a fellow student who also goes to UA92, like, what really made you choose UA92? Um, so yeah, if you want to go first, Bobby, we'll go in alphabetical order. Well, it was a funny one for me because I'd always had my heart set on going to a uni in Yorkshire because it's you know not too far from Hull, and I'm obviously into my football, which I know we'll speak about later. But um, so I wanted to be close to like home um, in a way. But I went to a UCOS yeah. convention at Hull Uni, and um, Andrew Smith um, from the uni was there promoting it. And obviously at that time, they only really had like the um the books with all information in about the uni but they didn't actually have a campus like my first open day they didn't have a building it was at the cricket club so it was all a bit weird um but i kind of was intrigued by it more than anything and doing journalism i thought it was like a story going to a brand new university so it kind of worked quite well yeah definitely um that sounds like really cool obviously how far away is hull actually i actually don't know where hull is you know it's like um not many people do um it's like two hours on the train um so, so i did not know it was that far away. so yeah like in last year i obviously didn't move back to manchester and um, well i say last year i mean like from september onwards i didn't move back so i was going two times a week on the train so it's like four hour journeys just to get to uni but um yeah so online's not too bad um at the moment well yeah i didn't know it was that far i genuinely thought it was like where leeds is so like an hour away or something like that but obviously that's quite a massive trek and then obviously regan you live even further away in in Jersey, yeah? Yeah, well, actually, at the, the time when I first heard about UN92, it was the other side of the world. I was um, I was living in Melbourne at the time when I first seen the uh, the kind of first promo video about UN92, and it was just an idea at the time, or it was obviously it wasn't officially university. It was uh, just up and coming. Um, I'd recently just completed kind of traveling around Southeast Asia, and then I ended up in Australia doing a bit of work there. Ooh. And I was kind of at the stage in my life where I was thinking, right, yeah, I've had a bit of fun, but what do I actually want to do for work? And I think at the time I was I was a waiter in, in Melbourne and I just went home one night and then I seen this video about UA92 and I was thinking that sounds like a, a bit of me. So I, I looked into it a bit further. I started like questioning myself, you know, what do I actually want to do for a career in all the answers were always football or kind of sporting related. So when I was thinking about how do I go about it, I thought a good starting point is to kind of go to uni and base myself in Manchester. So um, it's, um, that's done. a good thing. Sorry to interrupt you, Regan. Just listening to you both of your stories, it's totally different, but both personal to you guys. And it's so good to see how um, the leap of faith, like you said, you took from working in Melbourne, traveling around Southeast Asia, working in Australia finding about this and then coming over from the other side of the world to study. Now, obviously, you're a very passionate United fan as well. It just goes to fit in. And same as you, Bobby, like, you got you joined here from, like, straight from college. Uh, you, knew, you knew what you wanted to do, and you're both doing good. What are you, John? What was your uh, reasoning behind coming to you when you met you too? Yeah, man, maybe a bit similar to Egan. Obviously, I was abroad playing football. <laughs> so when I came back to Manchester, and um, obviously I, I'm from Manchester in Sale, which is only about five minutes away from the UA92 campus. But um, I, I actually only heard it on like a radio advert. And obviously when I signed for Staley Bridge, we were, we were kind of training in the evening. So I was, I was majority free in the day. And then obviously they've got like the... Um, the timetables haven't they you're either an am student or a pm student so it just really fat in with fit fitted in with my um with my schedule really but i didn't do much research about it like i didn't go to an open day i literally just heard of you know a radio advert that it was from the class of 92 and they did like sport degrees and that just kind of interested me really and i just i just kind of gambled and just thought yeah i'll go for it because initially like. and then you, know. you did your uh, virtual one weren't you open university initially yeah i was i was thinking of doing like the online like open university and then maybe doing something else in the day as well you know getting another part-time job or, or something like that but 
you know, I'm so glad that I kind of chose UA92 because of just like, I just think there's going to be so many opportunities when we kind of graduate from it. Um, um, I agree. And obviously my reasoning is the one thing I never told anybody before, they'll be surprised on the first day. Do you remember the first day when everybody's in that room getting their pictures taken and everything? Uh, do you remember the first day of uni when we're all in that one room together? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't. I thought I ain't going in that room, Steph. I was literally outside for 10 minutes debating whether to go in the room or go home. I was coming in and I but my anxiety is quite high. I'm having a palpitation. I can't go in. I can't go in. I can't go in. I literally refused to go in. Like, but then I realised, you know what, Am? you got to bite the bullet and go in it. And then that's when I started speaking to Bobby. Do you remember, Bobby? I was quiet. Yeah, we, we sp- I spoke to you in the auditorium yeah. thing, didn't I? I was a bit quiet, yeah. I thought, oh, I'm a bit shy, actually. And you go, don't be shy, don't worry, don't worry. I'm introverted when it comes to it, you know. I think that. I think that. You actually quite, were quite quiet. I think that 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 fear kind of relates to all of us. Where you could say, you know, obviously anxiety is a thing on its own, but like it was, it was a risk for all of us really because no no one else had ever been a student at UA92. So I think we all kind of took a plunge in one way or another, going into the unknown. Yeah, and I was scared. Yeah, of, definitely. Um, people's perception of me judging me or whatever. I'm quiet. Everyone's different. It's just another me because I met Bobby and Regan. Oh yeah. And- yeah, definitely. <laughs> pleasures of, of meeting fellow students but next question i want to ask is obviously you guys are, f- are not from manchester so it's kind of a weird question like if ua 92 was in a different city do you think it would be just as um applicable towards you or was one of the factors of choosing ua 92 because it was in a city like manchester and again if you want to go first bobby well for me um i don't think the location would have mattered personally um because i mean I wanted to go to Yorkshire, so it was actually more of a disadvantage that it was further away because I had to consider, because um, I've kind of always had it in my head that I'd go somewhere like an hour away, like Sheffield or Leeds. But I think it's more the, especially the way that you and I do the assessments. Um, I know my boss at work didn't go to university, but she said that um, if there was a university like we have when she was younger, because she hated exams, she, it just brought so much yeah. unnecessary pressure. She said that she'd go somewhere like I do, um, which does assessments in that way, because it, as much as it, you know, it's stressful now, it's so much less stressful than if we had a big exam to remember everything for, like we have done in school. Yeah, definitely. Um, like your boss kind of said, we are very fortunate to not be having to do any exams. Like, imagine having to study for, for like a two-hour exam now. I, I, I don't know about, about you, I was but oh, no. yeah, I would not. I would not like that. I'll be needing a halo, I'll be needing an epidural, I'll be needing a defibrillator. Meeting exams don't work. I don't like <laughs> the room for two hours. I think like this course is practical. Like I said, you ain't that huge problem. It's practical. And obviously... I stay in Manchester. Yeah. I'm from Manchester, and I would stay in Manchester. I think like everything's here at the moment. Do you know what I mean? I think we're growing. We're gonna be a bit like media city down the road. So I'll stay here. How about you, Regan? Regan? Yeah, it's a tricky one actually. It got me thinking because there's two kind of sides to it, like the the philosophy of the the university, like what what it stands for, and kind of um, the structure and how how you learn and stuff like that. That was obviously a good selling point and reason why I came, but. Manchester is a place that you know I really enjoy. Before moving here, I'd, I'd been here quite a few times to, to watch games at Old Trafford. Obviously, following United, um, always enjoyed my my kind of long weekends to the city, and I always kind of had it in the back of my mind that I might live here one day. So when the two came together, you know, there's a city in Manchester set up by the class of '92. It's like bloody hell, this one's made for me. I, I was born in '92. I grew up with the kind of class of '92 with my my idols, so it, it was like kind of perfect for me. Um, but to answer your question I, I don't know it's a tough one I think I would choose to study in Manchester because it is such a good city but um, yeah we'll go, we'll go with that but it's, it's a tricky one yeah got me thinking yeah yeah. so obviously UA92 kind of relates to you a lot with obviously being a big United fan and it being a class of 92 and you being born in 92 and maybe just with it being in Manchester kind of um, applies to you more but like we've all said UA92 is, is obviously a, it's a new uni but it's something that uh, um, we've got all high hopes for really but yeah pretty pretty cool answers and I, I totally get both of them but obviously we're in kind of like a, a new a new period for for students essentially as no one's really experienced um, studying during coronavirus and obviously UA92 at the moment is is full-time online what are your perceptions of um, and I hate to use the phrase because it, it, it kind of cringes me but um, online learning how, how are you guys finding it and again I will go alphabetical order and I'll start with you Bobby yes John I think wow. <laughs> I think it's um, better than it was the first time round um, because I think we've kind of got used to it a lot more and um, when we were just kind of told that we'd be learning online the first time 
it was a bit, I think it was disheartening for everyone because everyone, you know, we've only had our first year, barely our first year because it, that got cut short. Um, but I think now we've kind of all realised that everyone's in the same position, every student at any uni. Um, and I think UNITU is handling it really well. Um, I feel like the staff are always on hand. I've never felt like I feel disconnected from that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, it's manageable, but sometimes you do miss the opportunities that you have on campus. And not even just the studying, just the social aspect around it. it you, you do feel like you're missing so much, but... Um, like say everyone's in the same boat no yeah uh, agreeing what you're saying Bobby like everyone's in the same boat and especially like the staff at United 2 have been very supportive especially Steph Ashley and all that and I just feel like Steph so Hayley especially Steph goes above and beyond and that's one thing I've realised about United 2 they genuinely do care and I think although it's online we haven't lost that um, hope in fact it's got to me I think it's a lot better now but it's always been good but I think it, it's been more I don't know what's the hardest word it, but it's been much more frequent if that makes sense yeah I can totally agree with that Um, like they're always checking in aren't they and making sure we're alright oh yeah uh, what about for you, Regan? I don't think there's there's much doubt that we'd we prefer to be on campus. I think that's the general feeling that I get from from everyone, and I include myself in that. I, I much prefer to be on campus, but again, you just kind of accept another fact that this is the way it is is for everyone. I think tutors have been good at trying to make it as much like a classroom as possible. I can only imagine how difficult it is for them, you know, trying to plan lessons that have to be all online. Give a shout out to to Chrissy that we had for the Christmas period when we were moving into lockdown again. She was really good at kind of making engaging sessions and with our PE group I think there's 12 of us maybe I'm not completely sure about that it's a, it's a small group and she was able to kind of make some really fun sessions where we were all still you know interacting with each other and it was engaging content you know like little stuff like cahoots they always go down well and then there's loads of other stuff that you could see she clearly thought hard about how can I still make this fun even though they're just sat at home, you know, on the sofa or in the bed, wherever they're kind of learning from from home. Yeah, defo. Um, I agree with, with both of you. I think, like, the the teachers are trying to make the sessions as interactive and as engaging as possible because, obviously, and I guess I speak on behalf of, of most people, online learning is kind of, it's tricky. You do lose co concentration very easily, or I, I know that I do, and, and you know, you, you're kind of flicking on your phone while it's in the background or sometimes. Or so... I think UA92 are doing um, obviously the best they can and hopefully hopefully after this kind of announcement from Boris we'll, we'll be able to, to, to go back on campus but moving on to a bit more of a controversial kind of topic that I kind of see on Twitter quite a lot is of like um, MPs uh -huh. and, and fellow students talking about online learning in general because of obviously when you sign up to university the whole reason why you sign to university is for the kind of experience you know like Bobby kind of I've spoke about before you know like the social aspect of university and obviously at the moment you know Bobby's a, a student in Manchester but she's living at home in Hull and you know she's kind of missing out on that kind of student experience so and also learning as well to be, to be fair because of I know for example me I, I much prefer being on campus because you can concentrate better and you can take more in oh, yeah. essentially there's less distractions so what do you guys think about um, them maybe altering grade boundaries due to it being online and what do you think about the course fees remaining the same despite it now being an online course because for example the open university which is fully online i think their prices um per per year are like around about six yeah. grand mark but obviously ua92 is is nine grand so what do, what are your guys opinions of that if you have any i think it's a difficult one for unis because obviously you know it's not like they've brought this upon us and it's not like they knew that this was going to happen but I think um, someone's got to empathise with students and realise that you know it's a lot of money it's a lot of debt that a, a lot of people have to have kind of hanging over them for the rest of their lives so I would definitely um, be for them like lowering the fees um, but I just don't know how feasible it is because a lot of universities are actually struggling financially as it is um, yeah. and uh, yeah I'm, uh, living, I mean living in Hull it's, it's a funny one because as much as it's a pain and it, sometimes I forget I'm at uni um because you know i'm just living at home um it's actually brought me the opportunity of being able to work like the job that i've got now because if without coronavirus that wouldn't have happened funnily enough it's very strange how it's all worked out but i've just tried to kind of grab local opportunities while i'm here 
here, but it, it does feel a bit annoying that I'm missing out on opportunities in Manchester, which is also one of the reasons why I went to the uni. What Bobby's saying, like, it is hard or do it online. But as I said, like John mentioned, on the other hand, online university is six grand and a lot of students have been protesting. There have been petitions, which I've signed. I think I'm sure some of you have signed it. What's your take on it, Regan? Yeah, I, I think there's a fair argument to be had. There's no doubt about it that the experience that we're getting now is, is different to what it would have been in kind of normal times. When you compare our first year to the second year, the experiences we've had and the kind of opportunities we've been exposed to have, have been limited. You know, there's stuff like having guest speakers on. It's not quite the same when someone's just speaking to you through the screen. That's so much harder to kind of build a relationship. And then obviously the, the insight days, you know, when we've actually been going into kind of um, on the sport course anyway, like into football clubs, into the cricket club and, you know, seeing real life people in industry, that, that's kind of been taken away. And there's nothing that the university can do about it because, again, it is what it is everyone's having to adapt and change they're not taking it away um on purpose they'd love to still be doing it um so should we still be paying the, the same amount of money there's definitely a fair argument to say that we shouldn't um but much the same as bobby i don't know what all the implications of that are our universities will, will they be able to sustain um being a university, you know, it's like if the fees are dropped, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of that. So I can't, I can't say for sure that, you know, that is the right thing to do is to drop the cost. But um, yeah, it's definitely the, the question could be asked for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, sorry, Abs. Um, I, I've like listened to like other tutors from other universities and they say like reducing costs wouldn't be like feasible for the university because they're actually like struggling to kind of break even as it is, even though, to me, that is mind blowing considering each student pays like 9,000 per, per annum, how they kind of don't make any money is mad. But obviously there's, you know, you've got to pay the, uh, the teachers, you know, the grounds and all the equipment that they use. So, you know, I, I suppose that there is that aspect, but maybe some potential help from the government, you know, there's, a, there's like a furlough scheme for people that work. Is there anything that really kind of aid students? I'm saying that, sorry to interrupt you, um, our uni has been great for the recent like John last time we got the COVID relief, relief fund where they supported some students yeah. financially do you remember yeah 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 which was a, which was a good uh, a good thing from our university but is that happening at you know multiple universities and obviously that's kind of like a, a small one time payment and, and what my argument kind of is is for the is for the fees that we'll have to pay after we've graduated could they possibly be reduced obviously I don't know if there's a there's a way to, to do it I just wanted to hear your guys kind of opinions on it yeah it was uh, uh, very interesting to to hear. I know that both of you are quite into your football. Obviously, Bobby, you're quite a big um, Hull City fan. Oh gosh! And Regan, uh, the same for you uh, as being a Manchester United fan. Obviously, with it being COVID, no fans are allowed to attend games. Um, and I know both of you kind of attend. Have you got a season ticket at, at Hull, um, Bobby? I did do before uni, but I was going to renew yeah. it anyway before lockdown um, because I was go like I ended up going on the train all the time. But uh, I go to all yeah. the games. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So, and then I know that um, Regan, even though he doesn't have a season ticket, likes to attend quite a lot of games as well. So, how do you? How are you guys finding it not being able to go to your away game or go to Old Trafford? Regan. Yeah, it's not great, is it? Obviously, you want to get there as, as soon as possible. Um, sick of watching from home, really. It's, it's not the same. Um, even more so that you're on your own. You're not even like being able to go to the pub and watch your mates. I'm literally sat at home mm. watching on, on my laptop, so it's, it's hard to get like properly connected to it as well. So you can't get a lot... drunk. You can't get drunk or drink. You can't watch. You can't scream. You can scream and shout, but then you may look a bit odd. I think, that, I think that's one part of it, but it's just the general emotion of it, isn't it? Like if you've ever been yeah. to a live game, you, you know what it's like being being in the ground like obviously celebrating a, a goal together is, is, is a bit special so um, uh, yeah obviously I'm missing it but I don't I don't think we'll be back um, this season definitely not how about you Bobby you, you, no, no offence Bobby um, yeah city, but you do like the Tigers and no offence to you Tigers are fearless animals but whole city <laughs> are not in my opinion but go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Like Thanks. They're smashing it this year, though. Are they? Are they there? Are they there? They're not. They're. They're. They were. But um. Anyway, like so. It's it's nearing a year since the last time I went to a live game, and we lost five one. Um. 
I actually left in the 70th minute, so like big regret, but also probably not. So I went to the pub at, in, at 70 minutes in. Um, 17? 17, not 17, bloody hell, no. Um, was that the last game that you actually attended, yeah? Yeah, except from like, I've been going to loads of non-league, but... I've not even started, yeah. The last city game. I've seen that on Twitter. You've been uh, diving into non-league, because obviously non-league, we're able to have um, we're able to have fans. How, how did you find the experience of going to like a, a mainstream game, such as Hull City, in comparison to a non-league game what what do you think the differences are between them and um, do you enjoy attending non-league games honestly I absolutely love it I love it so much that in fact it was before lockdown again I nearly bought a, a, a season pass because my friends did but obviously it was like it was like it was quite cheap but um, I think it was actually yeah. something like £80 but then you've missed half a season and they weren't doing a discount so um, I didn't bother yeah. in the end but uh, yeah we got really into it we're going to all the games planning, even planning away days I actually went to a few games with um, North Fair um, right. and then they had, a re- they've, um, had a nice little FA Vars um, but that game's actually going to be replayed because they'd fielded someone who wasn't actually meant to be well allowed to play the game um, but yeah and, and like obviously I'll be back I'm actually thinking now once we go back it's actually been so had so much of an impact that I'd probably rather watch Ferriby um, when Hull are playing at home and then go to City's away days because yeah. I've got really into it so it, that's another positive I suppose of the situation but I do miss City it's you know they're always bigger days out and you know they're a lot further away and bigger grounds but you can't really beat a non-league ground if it's decent yeah definitely like from playing with non-league uh, myself obviously there's never as many fans or you never get people as kind of passionate in a, in a non-league game but it's still like a really good environment everyone's kind of you know you can you can almost sit with the opposition fans and have a pint with them and just discuss the game it's it, it's quite it's quite good to see whereas obviously the higher you go up you know you're all swearing at each other and you know being you know horrible to each other so yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah things out of your system which is good but i do feel like as you guys are saying you do miss the atmosphere but but like not only you're still playing john bobby still got some games uh, it's still happening but for me it's about don't you go to a live game like you said it's the adrenaline it's like the rush throwing, throwing beer cans around at people and everything <laughs> what games <laughs> are you going to abs no right this is right i went to a game in 2012 it was morocco versus <laughs> And it was at United, so it's a friendly, right? At United Old Trafford, 2012, right? It was weird. Big non-league game, that, isn't it? You no, know, it was a non-league game. It was a proper big game, right? And then I was like, oh, bloody hell. And then I was like, some guy goes, oh, sit down. I go, oh, shut up. My friend threw a can on him. Now I've got to throw something back on him as well. So sometimes it's good to throw things at him. But non-league What do you mean? What did you throw back? Coke bottle. Oh, wow. <laughs> Coke bottle. If the police listen to this. I hope it was plastic. Yeah, of course it was. I'm not, I'm not crazy. Glass. Next time. Well, never know throw, with you. But non-league games me talk about non-league games now uh, the referees are the most shittest people going <laughs> <laughs> do you find yourself or fans criticizing the referees quite a lot in the non-league games that you've gone to bobby uh, because of i know my dad goes to the games and, and abs <laughs> goes with him and you always just hear them calling the referees which isn't the most pleasant word but yeah what what do you think about that <laughs> I think, I, I think there's actually worse referees in League One, to be honest. Um, Do you think? You, well, yeah, but I'm a bit biased because I know some of the refs in like in the area because they're friends of my dad because he does a lot of walking football. So I'd probably right. be um, reluctant to start calling some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. Yeah, it's but, not very, uh, very ladylike, is it? To call normally. I think it all goes out of me at football, to be honest. Yeah. No, yeah. for me and John, John's dad, we're always saying that. Like, John, John, John can hear us. He's not, he's not acknowledging that he can hear us. But then John's mum and John's stepmom are telling us off. Stop it, stop it. <laughs> I, I done it one day in front of him. Do you remember Marina? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Marina goes, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, my stepmom's mum, so quite an older lady. So I'm sure she wasn't too. Uh, pleased with, with that language but Regan as well you've been sorry Regan you've been to some um, non-league games as well you went to did you go to a Trafford game in, in the summer yeah yeah I was at one Trafford game and I went to Marcus Rashford's old club what, what are they called again what was his first club Fletcher Moss yeah Fletcher Moss Fletcher Moss yeah I think I've seen a game of theirs and seen some other lower league ones as well uh, the Trafford one I think it was a half decent crowd it was like a midweek game 
And I think it might be in a pre-season friendly. I think that's the time of year it was. It was not a bad standard. I can't remember who they were playing. And they ended up being a score draw. Um, I don't know. Atmosphere was so-so. Like I say, it was a midweek game. So it wasn't maybe quite the same as yeah. what a uh, kind of, you know, Saturday, Saturday afternoon kickoff might be like. Um, and it was all COVID protocols there as well. So I probably haven't experienced um, a proper non-league game in and around Manchester, yeah, yeah with, you know, <laughs> no restrictions. But speaking about, like, bad refereeing and everything, Darren Drysdale has become the first referee two decades to be charged with misconduct by the FA. And the official, he obviously admitted to squaring up to it. It's which, I can't even say it, it's which, um, <laughs> Alan, George, listen, sometimes referees, right, like to hype up and give it all, don't they, John? Uh, what do you think of this uh, outcome? I think Darren Drysdale should be ashamed of himself. Yeah, definitely. Did, did, it, did any of you guys actually see on, I saw it on Twitter, to a little video and I was I was absolutely shocked that he proper squared up to him I don't know if you guys have seen it yeah yeah what do you think about it Bobby um I think it, a reaction to um, probably um, an accumulation of um, sticks that they get and uh, I'm surprised mm. we don't see it more really but I suppose part of the role is staying professional so I, d- I, I can see why he's been he's been done for misconduct because you know it's probably one of the things you learn like I'm sure refs work their way up the league like players do and you get a stick at every level so to to kind of react like that when he's got such a platform as well um, being mm. a being a game it was League One wasn't it with Ipswich um, yeah, and then yeah. a League One platform it's it's you know it's a massive um, mistake for him to make no 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 it's not a, it's not a mistake he knew what he was doing and <laughs> he'll be ashamed of himself I'm not going to lie we're just coming for the referees aren't we we are no they're not being sick. what do you think we get yeah I, I haven't got a great relationship with referees you know playing football in Jersey the, the standard is shocking so uh, my experience of referees hasn't been great I think for that one with Drysdale only, I've only seen a picture of him like going head to head to him but I got the gist of what was going on I think the, the Ipswich player being booked for diving didn't like it so he'd have the pop at the ref and then the ref came back at him mm. and I think he obviously is in the wrong and you think what's the job of the referee it's to control the game and he can't even control himself so you know I'm surprised it didn't end up being a bit of a melee you know it, it was I think one of the Northampton players managed to kind of you know pull the referee away and, referee away and kind of calm it down a little bit but the thing that I didn't like was when I heard Paul Lambert, who's the current manager at Ipswich, he went to he went to the ref at the end of the game. He said, you put the head on one of my players. And the referee just ignored him. So I think Lambert said now that he's going to, or he already has sent out a kind of letter to the whatever the ref panel is, whoever's in charge of them saying, you know, he hasn't been able to give me an answer. I'm not happy about it. So what are you going to do? And yeah. looking at Darren Drysdale, right? I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm being honest. He looks like a thug as well. That's my opinion. He looks like a bully, someone who can bully people. And I think because he got what he... I think for me, I think he got away with bullying people for a very long time. And he was using his power as a referee. But no, I think the FA thought, you know what, Mr. Drysdale, you said fuck off. Mm-hmm. Someone is an example of you. And we are. Uh, so the misconduct, and I think he should get more than misconduct. I think he should just be fired totally, in my opinion. In my legal opinion. Looking at it legally, <laughs> I genuinely... <laughs> is that a full shilling? Since when you were, were, yeah. were you a lawyer? Part-time lawyer. Part-time. Speaking about a lawyer... Part-time face of, face of M&S, part-time lawyer. To Darren, I think he was actually, like, ex-military or something. Or he was, like, ex in the army or, or something like that that I've read. But um, here's kind of a topic. Do you think if referees reacted like that more often you know maybe returning the aggression do you think players would maybe fear them more and, and, and complain less as a result or do you think that kind of reaction from a referee is basically just sparking a fight to, to break out um, I don't I don't think it's the answer for referees to be standing up and having to pop back I don't think that's going to gonna solve much um, it made me think of we had Darren England didn't we he's a Premier League ref we had him on um, as a yeah. guest speaker and he was I, I was keen to ask him and I, he did answer it a bit in a, in a roundabout way of why don't you fully explain yourselves and this thing of referees being able to come out and explain their decision so I, I think it's one thing being able to explain your decision to the players on the pitch I think that needs to happen more um, you know there's, I yeah. get the thing talking to the captain to a certain extent but in my personal experience with referees when they're not able to give you a reason for you know giving a yellow card or giving a free kick whatever it is that just winds me up you've, you've given something why have you given it all, all, all I'm asking for is, is an answer and it's the one that yeah. aren't able to give you an answer that really don't help themselves and you know that's ongoing for the, for the kind of rest of the game but I think again with, with that Darren England made a good point that it's, it's kind of in football's culture when you compare it to rugby that there is that lack of respect for the for the referee and it's kind of us against them mentality rather than a, a reasoning and kind of you know working together yeah definitely 
Um, what what do you think, Bobby? Um, I think that you know, if, I think during the game, the players' emotions are already running high, um, so I don't think it would help anyone if refs were like aimed to be paid. Um, if that makes sense, because that yeah. kind of um, atmosphere and that kind of um, kind of personality to a game just w- wouldn't benefit anyone. And then it, you'd think it would turn into more of a. I mean, it's already an entertainment sport, but it's got integrity to it. I think it'd lose a lot of integrity if the, you had the refs, you know, squaring up to players on a regular basis and and. Yeah. I mean, it was already embarrassing when they have spats on the pitch anyway. Never mind the refs yeah. getting involved and the managers getting involved, then it's even worse. <laughs> like you said, I think the linesmen and the refs, for me, in my opinion, are known to be antagonistic, favourable, and I think sometimes you get a bit of money underneath. How much are they paying you? How much are they paying you? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Scandal. You never know. Listen, I, no, I can't say nothing, but I know some information about some refs who've been getting paid under the table. Can't, I don't get paid for defamation. Brown, brown I, think, I think a lot of them do like the power. We had one famous one in, in Jersey that always comes to mind when I talk about referees. And he had four or five different jobs. And when you look at all them jobs, they're all a position of power. He was a bouncer at the local nightclub. He was a referee. Um, he was, uh, what do you call, he wasn't quite a police officer, but uh, we call them honorary policemen. You're like one rank below. You don't really have much power, but you, you try and claim that yeah. you do. And, oh, and there, was, there was someone else that he had, but all the jobs were about you know, having that power over someone where, you know, they're quite similar positions, a referee and a, and a bouncer at a door where what they say goes. You know, if I give a yellow, that's it, end of story. If you're yeah. not coming in the club, it's end of story. And it, it does take a certain type of person, I think, to, to be in that position. And unfortunately, there's not enough of the right people in them positions that are kind of reasoning and can kind of, you know, have that bit of banter and just be honest with you. No, yeah, you said reading. It's like if I actually think it's a power trip, like they think they're some sort of hierarchy and they're better than everybody else. And sometimes you gotta say, excuse me, you gotta come, we gotta be humble about it. You know, we know you're referee, we know it's an important job, but there's no need to, you know, like act like you're Barack Obama, act like you're uh, King or something, you know what I mean? Like you're, like you're some sort of big shot when in fact you're just a fish out of water when it comes to football players. You're part yeah, of Yeah, nice analogy. You're part of but you're just fish out of water. So you need to just be humble, hike down, and do your job, and you won't get sick. And a lot of them are arrogant. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd agree with that. Um, there's not many referees that are kind of down to earth, but no, I have come across a couple. Um, you have, John, when you're playing. playing. John, when you're playing at Stanley, yes. when you hurt yourself, right? The ref totally ignored you. Do you remember? Yeah, well, they, they always do, you know. it's um, Referees are an interesting breed, and I literally have no clue why anyone would like to, to be a referee, but, you know, that's a conversation for another day, I suppose. Moving on to um, to another topic, though, get rid of this aggression towards uh, referees. Obviously, as mentioned previously, um, you guys do work outside of your studies. I know that Regan works for Foundation 92, um, which which I do as well, but I've also seen on Twitter that you do um, some some work for for a gazette. Is that right, Bobby? Yeah, that's right. Since uh, hey. last October. So what what is your role there? How did you um, come by it, and are you still able to do it? even now with, with with covid yeah i mean i think it came about because of covid because um it was funny really so i went i went back to uni um in september obviously like we all did and um obviously i was living at home and it was just literally one night i wasn't even thinking about it i just kind of wrote off all opportunities in fact i was working at heron foods um <laughs> as a <laughs> yeah I've taken what are you laughing at you abs he's horrible he, he, he called it what did you call it an inferior supermarket, is that what you called yeah. it? Because <laughs> <laughs> he works at m Supermarket was. I, I, said it's lower, I said it's, it's lowest of the low. I said, uh, <laughs> I, said, I said, listen, I said, no offence. I said to Bobby, no offence. It's just not my cup of tea. I'm wrong. Don't they, don't they pay pay more money, though? Like, I heard that people that work in, like, Lidl or yeah, Aldi get paid, like, me. all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not heron foods, but... <laughs> right. Yeah, but God, sorry, Bobby, keep going. No, it's all right, but... um. So, yeah, I never really thought about it. I'd always, um, like, volunteered in journalism roles because it's just so hard to get in, like, a role in the industry because it's so competitive kind of thing. Um, they always call yeah. it a foot in the door. Um, so yeah. I was just working at Herons at the time, and one evening, <laughs> my, my dad was like, oh, often, um, like, he just said, 
kind of like like it was nothing. And I've seen like an advert on Facebook for um, a correspondent for the local newspaper, and I was like, "What do you mean?" Like, uh, so it was like nine o'clock on the Friday night, and anyway, I ended up staying up till like two in the morning writing my CV, making sure it was perfect. And then the next day, I went to Unite Two, sent it off while I was on the train, which again, that was silly hours. Um, and uh, then I got an interview. I got the role, and uh, it started at like maybe sixteen hours a week, and now I'm doing over forty alongside uni, which is absolutely mad. But um, wow, yeah. And obviously, Bobby, it's something that you're very, very passionate about. It's something that you're at your age, and especially at your level now, to get into the industry at that age, it's something that you should be. Thanks, definitely. And it goes to show that hard work and perseverance just pay off, and you're being resilient about it. You were in as soon as you done, as soon as you applied for it, you weren't scared. You went, you went for it because you thought, you know, what's the worst that can happen? No. You went for it, you smashed the interview, you sat up for 16 hours a week, and now you're doing over 40 hours a week alongside uni. Um, and that shows real guts and commitment, and you should definitely be proud of yourself. And you're in your chosen field, which is good. What has your, been your biggest highlight so far in the Hornsey Gazette? Um, my biggest highlight was um, it was it came on the back of a really tragic story, which I'm actually doing for my assignment at uni at the moment, which oh, yeah. I'll probably have to do this afternoon. But um, there was a big stranding, um, on, like, and it was literally a couple of minutes from the office, and um, because obviously it's on it's based on the coast. And when I went to report on the removal of one of the whales, which was most obstructive, um, someone who because I went to do work experience at BBC Humberside which is like my equivalent of BBC Manchester in 2018 I think and one of the reporters that I work shadowed was actually on scene so I'd gone from like work shadowing him to being at the same story as him and he's been really helpful as well sent me a nice message and it's called Phil Norton um, and uh, yeah he said he said any advice I need there to give it so it was just it's just really nice to see people supporting other people because like I say it's just hard to crack this um, journalism stuff uh, and one thing I didn't realise is that we have whales in England. Yeah. <laughs> Not in England, in the, in the sea around it, but... <laughs> no, I never knew... I, I genuinely thought we would never have whales in this country. I genuinely thought they're always abroad. Yeah. Well, technically, they're not in this country, are they? Because they're... They're an animal of sea, but... Um, but, yeah, it made national news. It's sweet, just because <laughs> you made national news. Yeah, I, I think it was just, you know, an advantage from where we're located. But um, it's always it's always nice when people see your work and, like, you know, I had the journalist from Sky News and ITV Calendar asking if they could use it, which was nice. Um, wow. It's a sad, sad event, though. Yeah, I know it's sad. It's like Free Willy, isn't it? Oh. Would Sky be like, a, a, you know, a platform that you would maybe like to work for, you know, eventually when you've got all the right qualifications and, and experience under your belt? Is that kind of your your target? Um, Yeah, I always wanted to work for, you know, the BBC because that's where I did work experience, but I'd be open to work for, like, be, uh, definitely TV journalism, though. That's what I want to do next because I'm doing written journalism at the moment, but when I look, I'm looking at master's degrees, I'm looking at um, doing one in broadcast or television journalism. Um, so to do kind of news pieces... For the telly, whether that be ITV, BBC, Sky News, would that be Manchester yeah. or Salford? Um, anywhere really. I'm I'm just open to taking on a role. I'm I'm happy with travelling to be honest. I, I'd love to like live in London for a little bit because I know there's a lot of opportunities there in media. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh. How about you, Regan? Really good. Uh, obviously, it's nice to see Bobby whilst he's at university growing and doing something that he's really passionate about. You yourself, I'm very very passionate. You're very sporty, very passionate, and you've got a job with Foundation 92. And for those guys who don't know what Foundation 92 is, um, explain what it is and what your role is. Foundation 92, I think it's officially like the the charity partner of Salford City Football Club. So uh, we look at kind of providing sporting opportunities, um, uh, education opportunities to the kind of community of Salford and other places in and around Greater Manchester. So um, my official role there is community sports coach. So got got the job there last summer I think it was July uh, was when we first started there and it is fairly new I think it's it's been a kind of charity for three years but last year was the first year that um, we started kind of coaching out in the community and that's that's what my role is was kind of a know coaching kids from as young as four years old up to the age of 16 is, is what it is at the moment um so yeah the, the the summer the summer was good it's like i say being being new it took a bit of time to kind of spark interest and kind of get numbers in and have people 
knowing who we are and kind of what we provided and you know time and dates for when we were on that that took a bit of work to get to that stage but um in the end we had a we had a big kind of summer festival kind of day where we had ryan Giggs come down so he's one of oh yeah i saw that were you there john for that one yeah yeah i was um ryan Giggs came down uh, Did he think yeah, yeah, he, he he did like um uh, like a masterclass uh, session, didn't he? Yeah, Regan? it was it was a good day actually. We had we had a few um different kind of things going on at, at Albert Park where you know he'd done a bit of a talk himself, but he was also getting involved in kind of coaching uh, with the different sessions that we were already kind of running. He was just kind of facilitating and then jumping in and out um, where he could. So I suppose that was the kind of big highlight of the summer. Um, in more recent times, obviously, it's been put on hold for now. And a lot of the work that the foundation are doing is getting out food packs to, you know, people out in the community for free kind of food um, for maybe the, the, the more vulnerable or uh, less fortunate of those um, out there in and around Salford. So um, I'd like to think that we'll be we'll be back coaching in, in the next few weeks. So fingers crossed for that. One thing I realise about your role and your job is uh, I find it is very rewarding and job satisfaction where you're helping those in the community from maybe lower background for those who are really, really into sports. And I think like... Foundation 92, don't correct me if I'm wrong. Is it a charity? Yeah, well, it's, it's the official charity of, of Salford yeah, City, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I think the the main thing that, that I see in my role as a coach is just getting kids playing. There's there's so much they can learn through for just play. You know, a lot of the time it, it does end up being football and that seems to me, you know, the most popular sport. But really it's, it's, it's any sport where you've got a group of young kids that are, interacting and playing with each other and you know if it's on one day where you're really developing a kid's technical and tactical skills then that's great but the main thing is just about them having fun and kind of you know just growing and, and learning through play from listening to like your job role and bobby's job role it's both job satisfaction in your own way but i feel like uh, the foundation 92 one is very very um within the community so as Bobby's ones within the community and I feel like it's like you said at the moment like Foundation 92 are doing hampers for the less fortunate and I've seen some UN, UN92 stuff going and can, it's very very rewarding and like you know what you have put a style on young people's faces family's faces uh, which is really really good how, what about you John how are you finding it yeah just basically what, what, what Regan said really it's really good to be part of something new again um, obviously, it's kind of delivering sport to 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 younger people in and around Salford, and there is a lot of job uh, satisfaction from it. Obviously, getting people to just you know get off their games consoles and uh, and get involved in free sport. You know, doesn't matter you know your age, your gender, what you like to do, ability. yeah, ability. You know, you can just come down, meet some new people, and. And, and have fun essentially and obviously it's just as good as uh, for your physical health as it is for your mental health but talking about like the roles that oh, you're yeah, kind of doing definitely. during education obviously I know that Regan is is very much well into his his um his coaching and obviously Bob Bobby's got a job you know in the journalism industry and obviously they're two kind of things that you're studying at university so it's really good to kind of see you know students that are, are, are trying to seek job opportunities in a field that they actually want to to um to have when they when they post graduated and I know that Bobby was talking about you know, maybe doing staying in higher education and, and doing a master's degree. What what are your plans, Regan, after graduating from UE92? Is that something that you'd like to do? Maybe acquire more coaching badges or maybe do a master's in something or maybe a teacher training course if you wanted to be a, a PE teacher. What what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think it's um, keeping your options open for the time being. I don't have to commit to anything um, right now, but it's trying to position myself so I, I am able to kind of access all kind of avenues. I, right now, like the way I think that I'm going to go or the route that I'm going to go down is I'd, I'd look at getting into full-time employment straight after graduating. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd go straight into a master's or uh, or a teaching degree. I think I might just go 
hopefully find a, a job in in coaching or football, sport, wherever it is, whether that's still with a Foundation 92 or if I have two yeah. part-time jobs. Um, I want to stay in, in the kind of sporting industry, get more experience, and then stuff like my coaching badges I'll be able to do on the side. So even if I did continue to do education, the coaching badges, I'll be able to do that. If I go into full-time work, I'll, I'll, I'll still be able to do the coaching badges. So, yeah, that's definitely a, a goal of mine is to um, kind of just get more experience in the industry, meet more people, continue building my network and get as many kind of, you know, qualifications and extra learning um, as possible. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really good. Being able to just take it how it comes and and maybe going straight into full time employment. Obviously, you've got the route with with Foundation ninety two, and doing coaching badges on the side is something which um, I'm hopefully gonna be doing as soon as the um, the local FAs kind of reopen after after coronavirus. But yeah, I, I suppose the same question is to you, Bobby. Obviously, you kind of touched upon it before that you you were interested in doing a master's degree. Yeah, I think. Um, I know that you and I too were planning on offering them. Um, hopefully, by the time that we come to uh, graduate. Oh really? I um, didn't know that. And I'd actually, yeah, um, it's been mentioned, but I, obviously, I don't know what the time frame is. But they seem to have introduced new courses quite rapidly. Yeah. You know, in computing, I think they've got law and. There's quite a few, yeah. Um, sports so, management. Yeah. Um. So if they if they offered one that kind of suited what I wanted to do otherwise I've been looking at, I've been looking at um, universities in London I've already found one I've got an eye on I've been looking at Sheffield but um, is that Westminster? If, um, no it's called um, City of London Uni they do television journalism uh, but um, yeah if they offered something like that then I'd definitely you know be considering it yeah. um, but and it's funny because when I joined UNI2 I wasn't even sure if I wanted to go to university to be honest I was looking at like um I was looking at different avenues into journalism, such as BBC, the apprenticeship schemes, ITV, they all do, um, but they're just really competitive. So, um, yeah, and I just thought, I saw this uni and made my mind up. Would you go to, um, would you do a master's job? Would you go straight into employment? Yeah, so like Regan, I'm, I'm kind of got, you know, weighing my options, basically. Um, I would, at, at this current moment, I'm, I'm interested in doing a master's. Um, hopefully, if it's a one-year course, that would be beneficial. And um, I'd probably do it in, in at Salford or, or somewhere in Manchester. Hopefully, like Bobby said, by the time we graduate, if UA92 did a, did a master's in, in something that I was interested in, I'd definitely go there. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking maybe along along the lines of, of a physiotherapy uh, master's degree. <laughs> Obviously, playing football myself, I find it quite interesting how to kind of, you know, recover and uh, and aid kind of, you know, uh, injured people, I suppose. And I think that would be quite an interesting Oh, Ingrid course. would love that. Yeah. <laughs> She'd love, like, sports massages and stuff like that. But they're, they're, that's the type of qualifications that I'd like to get as well, you know, like, your, uh, your coaching badges, you know, maybe your sports massage, all these qualifications, a master's degree, and, and just kind of uh, and get the work experience like through Foundation 92 and other, and other places. I think it's um, it's a good platform for success, basically. And um, mm, it's... Um, I don't know. Yeah. What, 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 what do you think? I think for me, I'll possibly... I believe I'm a big believer in self belief. I'm sure everyone knows that. I'm sure everyone is. I believe that. Obviously, I think I genuinely believe that if I put my work into it, I hopefully will either um, be a fully fledged uh, paid radio presenter or um, working TV. And I know obviously that would not always happen. You got you got to think of the bigger picture yeah. and the bright. You got to think of the bigger picture. And I possibly think I might get into like um, community engagement within the arts and like work within the media and the arts it's it's difficult i don't i do want to be a presenter and i believe that i would work towards it yeah and so believing in yourself and obviously it's it will happen if you put the work in yeah definitely and obviously you're getting all of the the right experience as well you know you're working with north manchester radio you sometimes appear yeah. on bbc radio manchester you've been on on, on tv programs what what tv programs is it is it, is it chris and ken oh, <laughs> Yeah. And it'll yeah. be uh, recently part of Mind Matters. I was part of a um, film where an actor was voicing my how I found lockdown and mental health. So that's one thing I'm sure be proud of as well. Wow, that is really good. That's amazing. 
But yeah, right. I wanted to talk about one more topic because we've been going on for quite a while. Obviously, we've had two people on, so it's and and the uh, the, the, the technical difficulties that we experienced before. But from from Wi-Fi, yeah, from 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 maybe my Wi-Fi. But the the last topic that I want to to talk about is obviously it's about the lockdown. So apparently, is it the twenty second of February or the twenty eighth of February or something like that? There's going to be uh, that is yeah. There's going to be a, an announcement from from Boris Johnson about the lockdown measures. What are your guys' opinions on what what you predict will happen come uh, come that date? And, you know, we'll, we'll swap it up again. Well, go on, go on then, you go. No, we won't, talk, we won't ask you, Abs, you're not a guest. We're going to ask Bobby. Um, I reckon that they'll obviously prioritise education. I think they've got to get kids back in school um, because, I mean, fair enough, you know, if we're struggling um, at our age... Can you imagine what it's like for primary school teachers and their students to kind of deliver that content? I, you know, I speak to people at work and they've got kids who are learning remotely and it just sounds like a nightmare. So I think they've got to do that because otherwise there's going to be so much disruption in the long term. It's just it's like a massive chunk of learning that they've missed. Both my brothers go to sixth form and it's just not the same for them. I mean, they've had exams cancelled, but I, I do sympathise for them because everything they're doing now is like a long-term course of coursework because... Mm that's going to be the thing that's looked at by the teachers who give them grades or they'll get kind of um, what they did last time was they got kind of predicted grades, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so they're basically working as hard as they can now to inform the grades that they'll get in the summer. So, so, so you think that schools will probably come back then. Do you, do you think that one of the reasons why the, um, the coronavirus kind of numbers were so high was because of the schools were open though and obviously it, you know kids kids mix quite a lot and, and maybe they were able to transmit it to other people a lot easier yeah I, I do think so um but I think we've got kind of the um advantage that well one a lot of people have actually already had it um yeah. in that kind of population and secondly the vaccination process is just going so well um yeah. but when I was when I first started the paper every week it was like oh, this school's closed because of coronavirus case. This is, this is, there's so many people's off because, and that's, I suppose, what they want to avoid. Like, fair enough, you can send them back, but if it's going to be that constant disruption all the time, what's the point? So you've yeah. got to make sure that, um, you know, social distancing is being carried out correctly in the schools and it's so much more difficult with kids of that age. So yeah, it definitely. is a tough one, but I do think they'll come back um, quite soon, maybe in the next month. Right, okay, brilliant. And, and and what do you think, Regan? What are you predicting that will happen if anything happens? I'm, I'm hopeful. I think like we're, we're aiming for a summer where we're going to have a lot more freedom. That, that's obviously it's got to be a gradual process. You can't just like switch everything on. Again, it's got to be phased in. I agree. Schools will come back first. <laughs> Expecting early March, they'll they'll get um, kind of primary schools back in. Whether it's all back at the same time or if they phase mm. that in, I can I can see that happening. As as for us, I think there's potential for being back for the final block. Um, so kind of hopeful on that and um, I kind of almost expect that to happen um, as for everything else getting people back to, back to work I'm not quite sure um, you know what you should prioritise over the other in terms of you know restaurants pubs and whatever um, it's, it's hard to tell I, I can say that Jersey are already phasing themselves back in we had a big spike around Christmas but they've brought it down again and the way that they're, they're phasing it in is pubs and restaurants are one of the first things to open so whether the UK is going to follow the, the same principle. We'll, we'll wait and see on that. But I just think all, all together, we should be aiming for like some sort of normality by, by May time. And it's good for if, if you can kind of get that into people's heads that we have a date to aim for. So it's always nice where at the moment it's just the unknown. So let's hope we can put some dates on things. And um, I think as the weather gets better, more vaccinations are done and the kind of the whole atmosphere will be a lot better. I genuinely believe that our government has not strong leadership. This is my this is my view on it. Um, New Zealand went into total lockdown because only one family have had COVID recently. So the whole of New Zealand is in lockdown um, and that goes to show how leadership is. And I think like Bobby said, it's maybe like Bobby said and you said disrupting, disrupting, disrupting. I believe in my opinion, that the government needs to book up, start fanning around the pandemic going on. If they, didn't, if they didn't know there's a pandemic going on, and every time they say there's a new strain, new strain, new strain, 
And I believe that things would get back to normal if they booked up and listened. I think universities will be open, but I think we'll be on campus two days a week and then two days online, I think. What do you guys, What do you think, John? Because I missed yeah. football games as well. I missed abusing the ref. <laughs> yeah, with, with the uni thing, I think they'll probably revert back to their old 50% on, 50% offline. Uh, but but with sport, I, I genuinely don't know. I know um, a lot of non-league clubs have actually stopped um, playing and, and there's even talk about the National League now stopping. I think there's a vote which is going to be conducted until the 28th of Feb, which might cancel that for this season. So when it comes to like grassroots sport and, and maybe like lower league adult sport, I, I really don't know what, what their plan is going to be. I can't see um, leagues progressing this this year because of just how far away we are like it's it's almost march and and some teams you know whether you're at grassroots level or if you're in a men's team or or, or a ladies team is um you, you've got to fit like flipping 25 games in, in two months and it's just not possible so oh, it's not possible god knows what will happen especially for you john because you're quite unfit and everything and <laughs> got a bit of a couchy potato. Um, uh, end this now. A bit of random it is. A bit of random. End this now. But guys, it's been a bloody pleasure having you on, guys. Bobby and Regan. Uh, it's been good. It's been great. It's been fandabidozy. Uh, thanks for having us on. What do you guys think of Top Random? Really enjoyed it. It's good. To, good to catch up. <laughs> We're gonna have yeah. Just week. just. Just just reiterating what Ab said, Uh, thanks very much for both of you coming on. Obviously, it would have been nicer to do it actually in the UA92 um, kind of studio, and I think it would have been, you know, a right good laugh. But I think it's been quite an insightful kind of podcast, really, gaining kind of information about, you know, your lives and uh, and life in Manchester and life as a student and and your future plans. But, yeah, thanks very much for coming on. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it and found it interesting – and I hope that you guys have to No, we're doing it on Zoom, I think. All right, so. have a good one. Thanks, everyone. All right, All thanks right, very much, everyone.